Welcome to the Band of Brothers Cycling Podcast. In this series, we talk about the biggest races in cycling and how we prepare for them and give you some insight into the personalities within the team. Hi everyone, and it's a big welcome to season two of the Band of Brothers podcast. Preparations are well underway here in the team for 2023. So today we're joined by our head of performance, Dan Lorang, to tell us a little more about what our riders are getting up to. So Dan, welcome to what is actually your very first appearance on the podcast. And thanks very much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you, Stephanie, for having me. A pleasure to be here. And as always, it's also a big welcome to my colleague, Andreas Hartmann. Hello again. Hi, Steph. Hi, Dan. Mr. Performance himself, welcome <laughs> to the Band of Brothers podcast. Dan, before we talk about preparation and training for the new season, there's one, maybe a few more, <laughs> um, thing that comes before hopping on the bike again for the riders. It's the process of defining goals for each rider. How does that work? Yeah, so basically when the rider um, are coming to the first meeting, the opening meeting, then um, yeah, we talk already um, we, uh, to them. We get the feedback from last season, a little bit how the season went, and then also get a first idea from them where they see themselves in the next season, what could be, could be some potential goals for them. And um, then basically um, um, Rolf starts the process as head of sports director to um, start the pl general planning. Um, in the board, we decide um, what is the strategy of the team. So do we want to go to more to Grand Tours, Classic or whatever? So there is a team strategy and then we go on with the race planning. But it was, what is quite uh, nice for the riders, I guess, is that everybody is asked for a perfect race plan. So every rider is asked to sit together with his coach and with his personal DS to um, create a race plan, what he thinks or what they think could be the best for him for the upcoming season. Then we collect all this data, uh, Rolf puts it together, and then we sit together with um, uh, Rolf, Ralph, myself, um, in the end, and looking at it, um, see, is this what we want also as a team? Are the team's objective all, um, uh, can you see them in their planning? And also in the whole performance group, we discussed this. So in the end, the goal is that we have a race schedule for the whole team where everybody I agree for sure you also have to make some, some compromises. You cannot have a, a perfect race plan for 29 riders, but basically that everyone agrees on it, agrees on the goals of the team, and from there we go. And how is the timing there? When do the riders know their race program? Um, so I would say completely they will know it in December. Um, I'm a little bit careful with completely because uh, there's always the first part of the season going until the Tour de France, or yeah, I would say in, just in front of the Tour, And then the second part after the Tour de France. So really fixes the first part. There's, there's already an idea and there's also already a planning about the second part of the season. But you know, it, a lot can happen until uh, the middle of next year. That's why they, there are more, there's more flexibility in the second part, depending a little bit on things that are going in the first one. But I think it's quite important that um, every rider has some kind of general planning about his season. What are the goals? Where does the team really need him? Where does he get his own chances? So um, that also the coaches and, also the, and the DS can prepare the season in the best possible way. Are they all kicking off their preparation at the same time? Like is there one day when every rider is back on the bike? 
Um, no, that's uh, different. So um, when you look at the race calendar, for example, you see, okay, at the end of the uh, last season, some last race was, uh, I think, uh, somewhere in Lombardia and then Paris Tour. And some riders stopped their season already before that weekend. So they went already earlier in their break. And uh, in general, also, these riders start earlier again the new season. So you have riders who start their new season already at the perhaps middle or end of October. The other jump in in the beginning of November. And we even have riders who jump in at the middle of November. And um, also what plays a role here is the goals for the upcoming season. Uh, luckily, there is again Tour Down Under. So racing is starting already in, uh, in, uh, in uh, January. So you need some weeks also to get fit, to be race ready and also ready for good performance. Um, some weeks ago or even some months ago that, uh, before that race. So that's why it's important for these riders to start early into the season to have enough time to be ready for Tour Down Under or for Argentina, for example, uh, which we'll follow after. How long is that break? How much holiday do the riders get? Uh, I would say there are riders who get already nervous after two weeks uh, without a bike and who ask for training plan and who wants to jump back on the bike or, or at least jump back on the training plan. So there could also be some different activities than uh, going on a bike. But there are also riders who are more than happy to do four weeks, uh, some exceptions, even six weeks, but these are really exceptions. So I would say between two and four weeks of a wheel break. Um, that does not mean that they are doing nothing, so they can move, they can be active. Even it's, I think, sometimes better for athletes to stay active because the body is used to exercise every day. And if, if you just stop, uh, it's more stressful for the body than if you would just keep continuing some easy movement, some easy activity. So that's a better recovery than to do nothing. And um, yeah, but it's really, really individual. And when they do get into this training, What does the training process actually look like then in the lead up to the season? Yeah, the first weeks are quite easy. So you try to, uh, to build up some resilience um, for the big training, uh, what will follow in the, in the real build up phase. So the first, um, I would say, two, uh, three to four weeks are coming back to training, going up with the volume. Perhaps you have some really short um, intensities uh, in the training, but it's, it's quite an, 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 a smart um, Uh, it's not come back to the training process um, because the body has to readapt to the training load and also mentally um, I think it's important to um, to make some kind of build-up because in the best case scenario riders come back from the break they are fresh they are hungry they are motivated so as a coach you have to take care that they don't overdo it in the first weeks because there's some kind of risk also in that period it's a period where a lot of for example upper um, airway um, infections uh, are there, so even in the general population. And if you then start with the training really hard and it's quite a shock for the system, you also have your immune system who's yeah, not um, so stable at that time. That's why you, you have to be careful because if the rider gets sick, you lose again time. So perhaps better to start it easy and to go step by step and not to rush it or not rush it too, um, too fast because otherwise there's always that risk that you have a one or two setbacks in that build-up phase and that is something what you want to avoid. And something that of people often want to know is do the riders do other sports as well during this time in the winter or do they just stick to cycling? Um, that depends a little bit on their sport history I would say. So 
for example, if you have riders who are living in close to the mountains, who are, um, who are used to go to do cross-country skiing, for example, or who are used to um, do ski mountaineering, um, they for sure they also introduce or they yeah they include that kind of training in the build-up process because it's a nice uh, a nice thing for aerobic fitness for aerobic capacity to um, to go uh, to work on the skis and it's also something different for the mind um, so they are the whole season on the bike so that's why it also makes sense for the mind to do something else. And also for the coordination, so for, um, so for, for I would say for the head, <laughs> it's, a, it's something completely different. Um, so you can give there an, a different stimulus to the body, uh, always the goal to uh, increase aerobic fitness, but um, with different tools, you also activate your upper body, for example, more. So it's a good training also for the upper body, uh, what really helps you um, perhaps to come stronger in the new season um, and also to be to keep or to stay mentally fresh as long as possible you have other riders they they like to go for running running is also good if you are used to it because the problem with running is you have to be careful not to to get injured if you just say okay i, I go for a two-hour run and everybody who did this already in the past just from uh, from zero k of running it could be really painful so um, that's why you have to be careful with that. So, but in general, um, there is the possibility to include some different training than biking. But also, what, what I mentioned before, the season is starting quite early. So that's why there is not so much space as it was perhaps in the past for, for different sports. Because in the end, you get strong on the bike also when you ride your bike. And then that's why riders who go racing at the beginning, yeah, the middle of January, end of January, they start early again to go back on the bike. And also when you live in the South there, it's more like, okay, bike is still the main, the main training focus. And uh, you don't have riders who make now an extra camp for cross-country skiing. So it's more like, where do you live? What is your past? What is your background? And then coaches always try to include this also at the beginning. And besides this, uh, what is also um, gets more and more value at that time is the gym work. So um, really to build up a, a, a strong core, a, to build up strong core muscles, to build up real foundation um, that helps you also to avoid injuries on one side and also to have a better um, power transfer from your, uh, your on your bike. So this for sure is a part of nearly every training program at the beginning of the season from the riders. We have our first uh, team camp coming up in December now. What's on the training schedule there? I guess it's not an easy task to have the right program for every rider because some need to be in shape super early and some have their highlights uh, later in the season. Yeah, that's, um, that's true. It's not so easy to combine it, but... Um, We, uh, we did it always in the past that we are making different groups. So um, for sure, for the specific session, there will be a down under group, um, perhaps also a group who will go to Argentina so that we um, take care of that um, and that we, we do the specific session really in this, uh, in this group. But the general session, because also for these riders, there will be a lot of aerobic training. So really doing some hours on the bike And this is the same for um, nearly all the riders. And these are also sessions what you can do together. So not as one big group, um, but for example, having six or eight riders in a group, 
going together uh, uh, for a ride. And even if you want to make it more uh, more demanding, you can even split these groups uh, by just having, I don't know, 50 or 100 meters between them. So you have a group of eight, but finally you have two groups of four. So this is something what you can implement um, also during the training. There is the job of the coaches to see how much load is necessary. But on the other side, we should also not forget that it's not only the physical side, but also the mental side, uh, some kind of team building. So that's why we think it's important that riders spend time together, not only uh, in their room, but also on the bike, speaking to each other, talking to each other, um, building some relations. And yeah, with um, everybody who, who was already in the group on the bike knows that on the bike, it's easier to speak and it's um, it's. Uh, Uh, really informal and you can discuss a lot of stuff there so that's why we we don't look only at the numbers so it's not that everybody will get 100 his best training from the physiology side but we try to combine physiology and also um, the mental part and try to find a good balance here so on one side preparing them well for the upcoming season but on the other side also try to um, work on the team building process. You mentioned the Tour Down Under there. So just a quick question about my favorite, my home race. <laughs> Having been at the race so many times, I've noticed that it's really changed a lot over the years in terms of the performance level. So many riders are nowadays in really good condition when they arrive in Australia, even though it's pretty early on in the season. Can you tell us, is there any specific program that the Tour Down Under squad will be doing Uh, that differs from the guys who start racing a bit later in the season? Yeah, I would say uh, in general, they will, will have a little bit more intensity on their program. For example, we will for sure train with them some kind of lead out training um, so that they are ready for the sprints. Also, um, um, the guys who uh, should be ready for the climbs like, uh, will we'll do some specific work, so way specific work. What the other guys who will race later will for sure not do. But, and that is really important to know, you can only do this in a limited amount of, uh, um, you can only do a limited amount of that intensity. So it's not that you say, okay, I put everything in one card and you go full gas and uh, then you have a, a good tour down under race or perhaps a second one and then your season is already over or you're, you're already completely empty uh, after the first uh, two months. So yeah, you have to be careful. In general, that is not our strategy. Um, but um, the guys who will go to these early races, uh, or the biggest difference is that they have more specific training um, compared to the uh, other guys who will stay more on general training in the first weeks, um, especially in December now, who will have a longer time to build up their base. Um, but what I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast is that the guys who go to do an to tour down under also started early. So they did that base work already some weeks ago. Um, now onto something that I've heard us quite a bit. What are the benefits of having a team camp together compared to riders just training by themselves at home? Yeah, I think um, what I mentioned before, this mental, so one thing is this mental aspect. So really being together as a team, it's the only time, or we have two times in the year that we are together as a whole team. And this is at the opening uh, camp and then at the first big team camp. So you, perhaps you see there a rider that you will see, uh, don't will not see the whole season anymore. But on the other side, you also see riders that will be together with you at races. Um, and it's always better to build relations 
uh, in an, uh, some kind of easy atmosphere. And, and then a training camp is always an, an easy atmosphere compared to racing. Racing is always, there's some tension, there's some, some pressure you want to win. Um, so that's, that's why we try to build there something already before going to racing. And uh, that's why we think it's so important to have this team camp. That is one aspect. But the other aspect is also that you can do uh, different exercises as a group. For example, if you want to train team time trial, it's nice to have a team together to do it. Or if you want to train a lead out, um, it's nice to do it with, uh, with perhaps five or six guys. But if you can do it with two lead out trains, so nearly with uh, 10 guys, um, it's also nice to implement these exercises in the group training. And for the guys, it's also fun. It's something what they cannot do at home alone um, or not with their training partner. So uh, I would say these are the, the two main aspects for sure. Also other aspects like it's a good uh, moment to take pictures together. So to, to combine sponsorship stuff uh, with performance stuff. So I think it's um, an, 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 a really important um, camp for all the departments of the team. A nice pre-Christmas get together for the team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There will also be some track testing in Mallorca. Um, what exactly is the idea behind that? Um, yeah, um, we, every, we, every year we go to the track with the riders at that period. So main, so there are two main things. One thing is to find a good uh, aerodynamic position on the time trial bikes. So uh, we, will have, we have new riders um, where we for sure have to see, okay, what is the base position? and what kind of optimization can we do. But we also have a rider who are with us already several years, and we always see that there is still some room for improvement. Um, the bodies are changing. Um, they can adapt different positions. Perhaps there are different rules now. Your UCI changes their rules for the time trial, so you can, um, you can build different positions for them. And you have to test it, because it's not because it feels good that it is good. It's always a compromise between finding the most aerodynamic position and on the other side still being able to produce enough power because it could be when you have a, a really aerodynamic position that you just that you lose power because the position itself is not really comfortable and uh, that's why you try to find a good compromise so that's one uh, aim of that and the second is to test uh, material and clothes so um, we test i don't know wheels or we test suits um, so to have different um, materials there to see what is the difference and also to come back to riders and say, hey, look, we tested uh, this in that situation. So for the next time trial, we know that this material under these conditions will be the best for you. And one thing is to tell the riders that it is like that. And the other thing is also to, tell, to give them a proof, an objective proof. And uh, uh, normally numbers never lie. So that's why... Um, We try also to give give numbers to our um, to our um, suggestions, and um, yeah, that's what we are, what we are doing there. So these two things, uh, in some ex uh, exceptional cases, we also make some tests on the road bike, but that is more um, yeah not in general the case. So it's more a test on the TT bikes for material, for clothes, or for aerodynamic position. When we talk about uh, time trailing uh, already, how do you implement TT training in the riders' winter training? So uh, one important thing about time trial is that the, the more you ride your time trial bike, 
the higher is the possibility that you also transfer the power what you have to that bike because it's a different position like on the road bike and it needs trailing. So that's why we also try um, to implement it as often as possible, at least one or two times a week, um, especially for riders who are uh, GC riders for one week stage races or ground tours. And uh, you start there also with easy exercises and then yeah, making a build-up also that you do the in some intensity sessions on the time trial uh, or making some team, trial, team time trial efforts. Or for example, what we often do is when we do a long ride that we take the time trial bike with us. So for example, they go two hours on the road bike, they change the bike, they go two hours on a time trial bike and then swap again just to increase the amount of hours on the time trial bike. And also there, it's first you build up the volume on that position, on that bike, in that position, and then you start to build up intensity. And um, the, like I said, the more often you do it, the higher the probability is also that you can deliver your performance on, on the time trial bike. So we, we the coaches implemented this in the training plan so that the riders see, okay, today is again a time trial uh, day. And um, in the camp, That's also a big benefit to have um, to have a team camp. Yeah, just uh, we in, in, on the recovery days we always go on time trial bike. Then on specific time trial days we we do this, and we have the mechanics there. What is also good at the beginning before you find your your, your final position that um, in case that you have to make changes, it's sometimes not so easy on the time trial bikes to to adjust them. That's why good to have the mechanics there, to have the material there, and then to go out of the camp and, and know okay. Probably that's my position now. That's the position that I have to train for the next weeks and months. And um, yeah, then it's up to you to uh, do the work what is necessary to, to deliver a good time trial. So moving on to something a little bit different, can you tell us, are you already using the pre-season time to recon any crucial stages of important races? Or is this something that rather happens at a later stage in the season? Yeah, so the race or the schedule of the riders get more and more um, covered by races, but also by training camps. So in, in nowadays, it's, it's common that you do a lot of altitude training. And also for this, you need time. You need for, for example, you need for um, especially time over two or three weeks uh, in once. So uh, what I want to say here is it's sometimes difficult to find time to make the recons. And that's why also we think already at the beginning of the season, Uh, so in October, November, already about these kind of recons and uh, try to look uh, where is it possible to do it. Because recons, you can do two types of recons. One recon is that the sport director with the coach is doing it, uh, making some videos, um, um, try to get uh, to put notes and pass this information to the rider. And the second thing, what is for sure the most effective is if, if, if you take the rider with you and if the riders really ride on the course, and really feel what it takes to go up that climb or what it takes to do that um, that finish. And um, that's why we also plan this uh, in advance. And when it's possible, then um, we also try to um, to implement it um, already at the beginning of the season. But otherwise, you have to, to look where are the free spots for riders to travel and to do it because for some races, it's just crucial. And, um, and if the rider cannot go there, then for sure a sport director goes there Uh, normally with the coach to get the information what we need uh, for the race day. Is there something specific you can add to the rider's training program if you know the key stages of, uh, for example, Grand Tour? 
a bit more in detail, like gravel sections, super steep climbs, tricky downhills, something like that. I think the week, um, so these in, the information what you need for the training, you generally get them also from a GPX file or from, uh, I would say, from the internet. So about the training, so which kind of load, which kind of exercises are needed that the rider is ready for that specific race. The recon really helps you for the tactics. So um, there you see, like you said, oh, there the gravel is a little bit, um, there's more gravel or less gravel, or there is perhaps a point where you could attack at the top of a climb. Then if you know the descent, so really learning the descent, um, how fast you can go, which kind of tires are, are the best for that uh, for that run. So it's I would say the, the recon is more to adapt strategy and to not be surprised by your opponents because they have an information what you don't have. Um, so because um, also when you are then in the climb, when you perhaps on your GPX file, you, you think, okay, it's a climb always going uphill. But when you're really doing it, you see, oh, it's not always 5% up. There's also a small kicker a little bit for, uh, I don't know, for 100 meters steeper, then it gets flat and steeper again. So you can perhaps use this for an attack or you have to be prepared that somebody else is attacking here. So that's why I would say for the training itself, the recon is not so important. It's more for the, um, um, really for the strategy from the sport director and also for the rider to get mentally ready. For example, if you make a recon of the time trial course, uh, it can also help you already to make a decision. Do you need, um, for example, with, an, with a hilly uh, or with an, um, a final climb in a time trial, do you need a time trial bike? Do you need, can you do it or will you change bikes so doing one part on the time trial bike then jumping on the road bike that is for sure something what you see uh, in a recon and the last thing and without giving away too many spoilers here what will be the first big goal for the team in the 2023 season i would say um it's more a general goal and i would call it starting with early victories um because early victories is important for every team if you start with an early victory it's some really good for the spirit of the team because then people see okay the job is done or not not the job is done but we are on a good way let me call it like that um some are really in good shape the things are working everybody is even more motivated because winning is always more fun than if you don't win um that's why i would say that's that's the first goal to start really good in the season and um then taking yeah taking that wave of success and then um, continue like that. I think that's that's the first uh, first big goal. Without naming it now, but uh, clear when you look at the race schedule, the first race is Tour Down Under. So for sure, we are not going there just to see the kangaroos, but uh, really to try to also <laughs> win some stages at least. And um, yeah, that's, I would say that's the first goal of us. Excellent. I'm looking forward to those early victories for sure. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Dan, it was really great to hear from you today. And um, I'm sure our listeners gained some really interesting insights into our riders' training and preparation for the next season. So thanks again for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was a great, great pleasure. And Andreas, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. See you on the road. Yeah. Bye-bye. And last but not least, thanks to you, our listeners, for tuning in. Be sure to stick around for our next episode. And until then...